In the past three Sundays, we have been seeing a progression of revelation on the person of Christ. If you recall, three Sundays ago, we heard the story of the Samaritan woman in the well in which Jesus presented himself as the living water. I am the living water that would quench your ultimate thirst. That was the gospel three Sundays ago. And last Sunday, we heard the story of the miracle of the cure of the, of the man born blind. And Jesus, in that story, presented himself not just the living water, but the light of the world, the one who would illumine every eyes in order for us to see our very dignity as sons and daughters of the Father. Three Sundays ago, I am the living water. Last Sunday, I am the light of the world. And today, in this Sunday, he presents another reality. I am the life. I am life itself. As he restored Lazarus to life, we see in here a progression of what Christ can do in our lives and who is he to us and for us. The details in the Gospels in here are really powerful and instructive for our own meditation. There is always that, that interplay between death and life, and we heard it starting from the first reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. In the book of the prophet Ezekiel, in the first reading, the Lord says, I will open your graves and have you rise from them and bring you back to the land of Israel. One of the interesting details in the gospel today, which was repeated twice, was that Lazarus was already dead for four days. And for us Western listeners, probably it's, 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 it's insignificant. It's like, okay, it's four days. What's the deal? The Jews during the time of Jesus believe that the spirit after the person dies stays in the body for three days. And then on the fourth day, it leaves the body, meaning the person the person who died is no longer a person but a cadaver, meaning there is no more life in there. There is no more hope. There is no more hope for any resuscitation. The person is clinically, religiously, culturally pronounced dead. There is nothing that you can do about it if the person had already been in the tomb for four days. And we were also told that when, when, Mar, when Jesus said, take away the stone, and Martha said, Lord, it has been four days and there's going to be stench already, meaning the composition was already starting. The composition was already starting. There is no more hope. Martha and those who, Martha 
and Mary and those who were with him were already beside themselves. It's like, this is it. There's no turning back on this. But God can do wonders. You know, how many times in our own lives we already give an ultim ultimatum to our own selves or sometimes we have already given up on other people. It's like, oh, how many times have we tried? How many times I have tried? How many times I have spoken to him or her? How many times I have rescued? How many times I have intervened? But nothing, nothing has changed. There is no more hope. Or even to our own selves, we say, there is already stench using the words of Martha. It's too late no longer redeemable but god continues to work his grace in us transforming us and taking us out of every kind of grave that we willingly interred ourselves into you know i this gospel never never gets old for me because you know every single year I have to rise from a certain grave that I willingly put myself into. Every year, there's always something that I need to rise from. There's always a grave that God needed me to take me out from there. You know, it can be anger, it can be unforgiveness, it can be despair, it can be the way I look at myself, it can be the way I look at people, it can be the way I deal with this pandemic, it's the way I deal with my, my loved ones, with my friends, with my vocations. There's still so many things. And sometimes I feel like, okay, I do better in the other things. I could probably stay in this little grave. <laughs> It's already convenient. I'm used to it already. But God is giving us a better option. God wants to, to give us new life. God wants to bring us out in the open because we are children of the light and of life. One of the things that also is powerful here in the, in the gospel story, is that the miracle, yes, it happened by the power of Christ, but Christ asked the collaboration of other people. One of the things that Jesus asked the people around him was that he said, take away the stone. <laughs> take away the stone. If I were Jesus, but you know, Jesus is so humble. But if I were Jesus, I would just like do my power and say, abracadabra. And then the stone will just roll by itself like, oh gosh, look what he could do. If he could let people rise from the dead, he could just command the stone. It's like, stone, roll by yourself. It would have been great, right? It would have been great. Probably the people were like looking, are there rollers underneath? But no, Jesus asked other people to participate in that miracle. You know, we 
can't just put everything in the hands of God. You know, there are people who, who normally ask me, Father, can you pray for my son? Can you pray for my children? Can you pray for my spouse? Can you pray for us? And I said, okay, I will pray for them. But what can you also do to realize what you are praying for for them? God can do the heavy lifting for us. He can restore people to life, but He is also asking us to at least roll the stone. Roll the stone for them. And the other things that, the other thing too that He did, that He asked the people was untie Him. Untie Him. You know, that scene is powerful to me. Those things that that untie that the person that that the burial bands that rolled him or that tie him symbolizes all those things that hinder us to truly breathe in the new life with Christ. And again, Jesus could have asked and this do this abracadabra thing and say, Burial bands, I want you to untie yourself by your own. But no, Jesus asked the people there, untie him. We can be instruments too of new life, of new beginning for people. And the question that we can ask ourselves, apart from asking what are the graves that we willingly interred to, is like, who are the people that Jesus is telling us to untie them from those things that don't give them life. You know, sometimes we live in a household where we know what people are, are um, struggling with. It can be alcohol, it can be drugs, it can be pornography, it can be whatever. And we just, we just have this blind eye and say, okay, I do my own little prayer in here, my own spirituality, you, you know, you live your own life. I have my own little life in here. You just do your own thing. Even though we know what people are struggling, even in one household. And Jesus is telling us we can untie them from this burial bands that doesn't give them life. One of the things, too, that is a powerful image to me in here is that Jesus wept. Jesus wept. There's not a lot of instances in the Scriptures that Jesus actually weeps. There's not a lot of instances. And... Uh, Philosophically, philosophically, this doesn't make sense. You know, because weeping can be a sign of, can be a sign of, uh, what do you want to say in English, you see? Lord, give me that word. Weeping can be a sign of not being God. Because if you are God, you are complete in yourself. 
you don't need anything, nothing can move you because you're complete. That's philosophical way of understanding God. But God is more than just the conception of any philosophical ideas. God is a person who enters into a deep relationship with us and he is truly affected by whatever unique situation we find ourselves into. He weeps in the different graves that we find ourselves into. He weeps. And God weeps because He loves. And God restores to life because He loves. I want you to be convinced of that, my dear friends. That single, that single scene is already powerful enough for us to muster every courage to tell ourselves, I don't want to be in the darkness anymore. I don't want that stone covering me. I want to be able to see light. The grave is a sign of isolation, darkness there. I mean, what are the, th the other nasty things associated with graves? God doesn't want us there. He wants us in paradise. He wants us to be with Him. He wants us to be in the light because that is who we are. Are you willing to rise from those graves with the grace and invitation of God? Come out from the grave. 